Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Holy Commutes this week. I am your host, Rudy Lyon, and co-hosting, while we're kind of both hosting, in, in a sense, uh, Brendan Dudas, both of Circle City Wiffle Ball, the current and reigning and defending NWA champions. Brendan, how is it going? Dude, I'm great. Um, kind of, we talked about it tonight in league play. Uh, but just sort of coming on, you know, down from that high of winning the tournament. Um, and I guess running it as well, which is just like you have your adrenaline and energy just kind of on blast the entire weekend. And then as soon as it's over, you damn near get sick. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it falls so quickly that you, I like I, the last, the, the two days after that, I, I couldn't stay awake and. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm doing fine. I guess in short, but long answer, still coming down from the high that is NWA tournament weekend. Yeah, I had a I had a couple guys uh, at league play today ask me if it's if if the adrenaline's come down or if the feeling's worn off, and it has and it hasn't. But our our I guess paths, you and I have been a little bit different where. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to bask or enjoy it because it was like very next day. And a lot of us, you know, back to the work grind, you being on a, a teacher summer, you, of course, you had to go back and, and clean up the mess that was left behind, which is different. Mm-hmm. But at least in, in those moments, like you're there where the battles took place and where we're all set up and you're given a chance to reminisce uh, and think back to everything that went on and all that right. was exciting and exhausting. And even you and I had a little bit of a moment uh, after we wrapped the thing up on Sunday night before we went to celebrate. Um, and it was just like, wow, the first moment of quiet, it was still, there was no wind, like the rain had stopped and we got like 30 seconds of that. And then you had Smithy and DJ yelling at us like, come on, let's Where the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it didn't last long, but at least we got a, a little bit of a pause uh, from running the whole weekend. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm tired still uh, from it and still basking in uh, the beauty and glory of it. But right. let's let's have you give and you've been uh, throwing some cool numbers out on uh, Dirt Yard Dish uh, recently. Just to give us a recap statistically of what went down with, uh, I guess, we're the Skull Crushers <laughs> again this year. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we'll also talk about recapping the tournament programmatically as a host and then recapping it as an on-field experience. Yeah, so, I mean, like, CCW religiously has just been, like, a, a lovable loser squad, and we always kind of get tabbed as that, as, like, we're non-competitors. And it's internally, I think, pissed us off a little bit um, because of how close we've been to winning some some big, like, double elimination games, like, walked off twice against uh, GBL or the Skibby 17-inning marathon game or um, AWAA beating us but having a home run robbed and a ball up the middle robbed. Like, these games all being super close, and we know that, but the the scorebook doesn't show that. Um, And so this year was really, like, um, just – I guess things kind of clicked for us. And it started with game one. We won 18 to nothing. And you get that one under your belt and it's like, all right, we're fine. We're fine. We're rolling. Um, And I think when the bats get hot and you can ride those through pool play and against some of the teams that maybe you're, you know, you're probably a little more talented than that helps because in tournament play, like, 
and even in pool play, think the 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 playing field is pretty leveled. I think, and and teams will compete with other teams that are maybe more talented than them. So for us to come out hot right off the bat was huge. Um, and so the bats, and we talked about the bats um, a little bit on Twitter, but I'll just I'll recap that. Uh, 400 average as a team, 29 bombs and 89 runs. I didn't check the 29 bombs. I would assume that's that's you know one of the top you know numbers in, in NWA tournament history. 89 runs, I think, is second, um, and the 400 average is up there as well. So our worst hitter was Smithy, who hit 361 with eight homers and had the biggest hit of the entire tournament. So when that's the case, I mean, you're feeling pretty good. And then the arms were ridiculous. Like finding out Sprinkle could throw that 9 a.m. game on Saturday was massive. He comes and, and spins a shutout. And then on Sunday, the arms gave up not a single run. And it, uh, the arms being Smitty and Reed. Um, and it was a, an absurd just coming out party for them in which they were all over the board, didn't walk any, you know, they, I think they walked four hitters. Um, and it was just really special to watch. So this is a tournament that things just really freaking came together for our squad, which is amazing considering all the all the work that like every single guy on the roster did, plus some guys not even on the roster uh, leading up to just even Friday. Like it, everybody was was dog tired, um, gassed, and it was it was really special to watch and be a part of. Yeah, I'll have a few comments and questions uh, later on when we uh, start talking about, you know, what what was it that really clicked for us? We can go more in depth there. Um, but let's let's focus now that you've given the stats. What do you feel? And I'll we'll ping pong it back and forth here. What what do you feel like programmatically was different from last year hosting? Uh, and then also, like, what were some of the wins and losses from both these years of, of hosting so far? Last year, we, I just felt like we were rushed. And not having the facility locked up, like, we, we, we couldn't get there and just leave everything there. I um, kind of attributed to that. And I think it carried over to the play. And, like, every single game, it felt like we were just kind of sprinting up to the field. And playing that game was, like, the last thing on our priority list. It was – um, and it was really freaking tough to do. And this year, I think what clicked is us getting all the pool play fields done early, getting everything taken care of. And everybody on our roster came into Saturday, like rested, ready to go, uh, ready to play. And then, like I said, that first game that I mean, that went our way. It wasn't a difficult game and we were all hot. And that's huge in, in a tournament like it all happens in a matter of um, 36 hours. So. If you're hot to start out, like chances are you're going to carry that hot streak over into the rest of the tournament. And if you start out um, kind of struggling, that it goes the other way as well. So um, just hot at the right time, um, kind of feeding off of each other's energy. And, and it was really awesome. Um, like I said, just to just to watch everybody. It, it seemed like if if a one or two guys was struggling, the other guy was there to pick them, pick them right up. And that was cool to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, you hit it on the head there um, with the sensation of feeling rushed, mm -hmm. uh, not not only as a team, but as like a host committee or a host site. Uh, it was it was pretty frantic. Um, uh, one thing like, yes, we had six fields to set up last year, which is a burden in, in and of itself. Um, 
but we also had uh, uh, a large portion, you know, uh, of Dirt Ball and Circle City uh, playing simultaneously a lot of the time with the two indie teams representing. And that took away some volunteer hands, um, like we talked about. And we know like Dirt Ball was going to be on hand, ready to go this year if needed. But we just thought, you know what? In order to run a successful tournament, let's focus on, you know, having one team and then more more people on hand to help out. And then if the tournament moves to another location, we can send a dirtball squad uh, from that league and and a CCW squad. Uh, also, I think last year, um, weirdly enough, the elements affected both uh, these last two years hosting, which it's hard to even say year because now I'm thinking about it. They were 10 months apart. They were twice right. a year, <laughs> which is even more insane. Um, the the elements last year being it was so stinking hot like it's yeah. it's middle of september and it's in the 90s with a ridiculous uh heat index and then you know it, it was pretty toasty on saturday but then uh obviously with the rain the on and gone again off again rain uh you can't necessarily like you can only plan so far ahead for things like those uh those elements to come at you um but i think uh, as a like a tournament manager relatively speaking and maybe you didn't feel this way but i feel like both went pretty successfully and smoothly like maybe 2021 was not as smooth um there were some things that were going against us as far as like technology and we we solved that issue for for 2022 um but i i still think like the guy that was running brackets and formats and scheduling and all that it it still went off for the most part without a hitch we just had to figure out a couple curveballs in the midst of things in 21 whereas this year it was like it played itself out perfectly um and we didn't have to make any huge announcements or answer questions communication was really clear between the managers um there was a lot of uh, grace and understanding uh and patience i think uh with those that all the teams that came from as far west as vegas as far east as you know philadelphia and new york um, so I think, uh, bang up job by everyone that was involved and in, whether it was field setup, which is again, 2022, we didn't even think about this either. Uh, side note, a lot of people don't know this, uh, on Wednesday leading up to the tournament, uh, we were setting up fields and this had been like a, a slow day by day process, probably starting around Tuesday. The bulk of it went up on Wednesday and Indianapolis area had not seen rain for six weeks, like no substantial rain whatsoever. And this massive storm cell just decided to appear out of nowhere, right over Holder field. And it blew away tents. We were thinking, okay, some of these fences that we just set up are going to get blown away. Uh, but they, they held their own. And honestly, the, the water, the moisture, uh, helped us speed up our setup process. So that was just wild. Uh, I was just, yeah, I was just thinking back to that. Um, I almost thought it would be freaking hilarious looking back to all the tents we lost to do an in memoriam, uh, like special on just honoring these tents that were lost in the process of running this tournament because it was, it might've gotten the double digits. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, it was a, a canopy tent graveyard uh from wednesday to sunday because we we lost some on uh sunday as well just because the torrential downpours that were 
um, like putting holes in the canopies and whatever. I think I, at one point we were cleaning them up, like the skeletons are like four, four of them that had busted legs and stuff. So don't really anticipate those. And especially when the NWLA is historically just like, I think you called it like razor grass, like the, Dude, the grass is always dead. Yes. You show up to the tournament and if you just, if you get on the ground trying to field a ball, the grass would cut your legs. And I don't know if that's based on the fields that we were playing at. I think it was just more the fact that it was July and it was always dry. Mm -hmm. um, there's never been rain. And so, yeah. Jeez. Well, all that to say, again, I think huge success. It is uh, quite the curious and interesting burden to have to host one of these things because keep in mind, we were supposed to be the first, I think, first NWLA league to host as we won the bid back in winter of 2019 to host in 2020. Right. Uh, good job by Davey and crew out in Pittsburgh for actually being uh, the, the first hosting league, which we know is not easy to do. And they did it on two months notice. And then, you know, the burden got and the, um, the work got passed over to us. Um, but again, like the, the strangeness to be able to, to host, put everything together, set up, tear down and still have some in the tank to compete. So I think that's what adds to the, the, uh, the amazingness of winning the thing is because we got to do it on our home turf. Uh, most of us sleeping in our own beds overnight. And um, it, I think it just adds a little bit to it. So, um, so moving on from the programming side of things uh, and you touched on it too, with the, the stat drop there, what was it that just clicked this year on field? And I think you, you saying that, starting with a, a big run producing win to start the game. Like you're, you're not worried about confidence after game one. Right. Had it in the lineup. I, yeah. And then I think the other thing, like the continuity, we rolled over much of the same team from last year. Um, definitely the same, the same four hitters and just kind of leaned on those, those four hitters to produce runs. And we didn't have another, nobody else took an at bat this tournament, which, I don't think has ever happened. We've always had, you know, some some substitutes, some pinch hitters, or or getting, you know, work in in some way, um, and that was kind of it. I think it's like just I don't I don't really know how to explain what clicked, but like as soon as we started hitting and everybody was like, we're good, we're fine, we we belong here, mm -hmm. um, we started to roll, and that gives the pitchers confidence. Um, if you know that the squad's gonna have runs for you like backing you up then it, that that goes a long a long long way and um that's sort of everything that came together and then as we rolled into sunday and the weather was really poor um and runs started to become more of a premium if we flipped back to the other side and we knew that like reed and will were going to take care of business and you know we were going to get our runs we didn't know when the heck they were coming um but we were going to get them and we knew that reed or will was going to you know hold the hold the gate while we were uh, kind of waiting to score that run. So um, I ultimately, I think what clicked was just having that experience and having a bunch of guys that were really ready to go freaking win it and um, just, just play hard. And then uh, obviously with any tournament win takes a lot of luck. You have to get the right draws. You have to score the right amount of runs. You have to do this and that. Um, and maybe there's a group of people out there that would say, oh, it was rigged, this and that, you know, whatever. 
Um, it just takes luck. You have to, you have to get hot at the right time. You have to have the, the right teams fall to you. And um, I thought the matchups were great. It just all it worked out in our favor. And, and I think that's ultimately why we, we ended up winning it. Yeah. There, there's, there's obviously with six more teams in the 2021 field, like there's going to be more breadth and ver- uh, variety of competition. Right. Um, and, and the oddness too of this, of this tournament, and we've mentioned it, I think we even talked to, uh, Sam about this is like there were two undefeated teams in this tournament. If you take out the matchups between CCW and SWBL, because right. it's, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same tournament, let alone a third time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, credit to them. Like they, they balled out. That, that's, that was one of the most, uh, um, well put together runs by Skibby that's probably been in the last handful of years. Um, they seem to always come up in the, in the losing end of a, 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 well, a game like HRL last year, I think, um, or they, they've always been right there and it finally came to fruition, but you talked about and getting to a title, but you talked about Sunday where the pitching was so, so lights out, like it's just an otherworldly, type of performance from from will and reed uh because we we get so accustomed to coming to these tournaments it's like okay it's it's a it's a base on balls and a strikeout tournament right you completely eliminate base on balls from your defensive game where you're in the field like it is going to be really really hard to score runs uh, for the opposition and, and you saw that, and and Skibby's approach was the right approach. Like mm-hmm. they were free swinging because I think they knew, like it, if if Reed was going to walk a run in, it took twenty balls. Like he was gonna, he was not going to throw four straight walks worth of runs mm-hmm. to them. And they knew they had to run into something, and they almost did. I guess had yeah. put that uh, good swing on a ball. Their approach was perfect. You have to run into something, and Reed was that good. And I think they saw that like the very first inning of play, it was like, oh, shoot, like he's on the board. We got to take our hacks and hope to run into something here. Um, and it just – it didn't go their way, like you said. But um, they put together a heck of a run. And, like, I don't know. It's just a great group to play against. Yeah. And that – the championship was I, – I think I texted someone, oh, Spencer. It was so lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so dang competitive. Like you could feel the tension, but there was never a point where I wanted to look over at the Skibby dugout and be like, screw you guys, blah, 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 or, or do anything stupid. Like it was just that's that's the type of guys they are. And so I really appreciated that that environment for the championship. Yeah. And you know, I think I I saw there was some troll comment on either it was Twitch or something. I think Keegan showed it to me it said something as, you know, you're not really supposed to pay attention to, to trolls and whatever, but it's like, I think I'd rather scrape my eyes with sandpaper than watch these two teams play wiffle ball. I mean, it, it, could be, <laughs> it could be a bot for all I know, but I have no idea who it was. Um, but it's like for us. And I think for, for Skibby too, they're like, man, this is, this is a dream scenario uh, in the, in the championship. And um, it's, having worked you and I worked with with Skibby and and his guys on the committee like I I think we all would have been lying to think that we would be in that scenario where essentially three committee members were going to be playing for a title um 
But as you said, like, I thought their approach was, was spot on. They had to be aggressive. And I really was kind of puckered and clenched whenever Gus would come up because like he had seen it so well, he was was seeing it so well. And I was like, Reed, if you're going to miss, like don't miss low because that's what swing path is. And he's, he's going to pop one out to right center. Um, And he about did. Um, So I, I think uh, again, those guys, they, you never want to say this, but again, it adds to the oddity of the tournament. They, they earned their spot there and honestly did some of the dirty work for us and the rest of yeah, the tournament field. Absolutely, yeah. Like, they beat Maul twice. Like, yeah. for anyone to be out there to, to discredit a run of any kind from either team or any team in the final four, honestly, is like you still have to, to beat some elite teams. So they beat Maw twice. We beat them three times. It, it's just uh, uh, that's how a 12-team tournament kind of functions in an odd way. So, right. Yeah. Um, so anything else you'd want to, like, add from a, an on-field perspective that, that felt different uh, at the plate for yourself? I know you had, in particular, some, some really awesome moments. Uh, maybe you can touch on uh the the go-ahead home run in that pool play game and then the home run to lead off uh the game against uh ridley park which i know had a little extra commentary sizzle to it (laughs) the uh so i mean against skibby leading up to this point like we said we have we never had that big win as a league Mm -hmm. like um the the walk-offs to gbl the skibby game all of them just seemed like well what can we do to finally come through with that big hit and down two in the last inning against, against Skibby, the three-run bomb was was so freaking amazing. Like, it just – it felt like a little bit of a breakthrough. Um, and the break we needed to go 3-0 and and lock up a one seed, which ultimately ended up being our best friend throughout the tournament. Um, we beat Berwin um, in the round one and then get to Ridley, like you said. And uh, Cam Farrow was on the bump, who's nasty. Uh, and and you know normal conditions just absolutely nasty and he was on to start I think he poured one in first pitch and um, some of the guys on their bench was like he's not freaking touching you Um, and then he threw the slider again and I I hit one about as far as I I think I can Um, and it was just really fun like getting to run down first base and being like I'm not touching it I'm not touching it and one of their guys just goes oh shit um but it was so fun. Like, and then Tommy comes over. He's like, great hit. And that was another one that like was chippy early on, but it was like, I don't know. We both looked at each other and, and knew that we were just kind of talking trash because that's, that's what you do. It was just, it was fun trash talk. It was lighthearted. So yeah, um, those two hit, yeah, those two hits right there um, made the tournament. If those were my only bombs that, you know, that would have been fine. And it was, um, they just it meant a lot to finally come through with some big hits and um, help the team secure some big wins, I guess. Oh yeah. The 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 chirping with Ridley, I I never felt it was at risk of, of becoming never right. Volatile. And they from from the whole week, the the Friday night festivities and leading up to that, there's been nothing but like encouragement and respect. Right. Uh uh, Dylan Harshaw, you know, came right up to me at the home run derby. and was like, Hey, we have so much respect for you guys hosting this. Th- those guys, they showed up early to the Friday night stuff and immediately made a beeline for, 
the right center field party deck and they're like, yeah. hey, this is the best seat in Wiffle. Like that we we get excited to to come here the last two summers. Um, and we, we don't want to miss it because it's a great view and you guys put on a spectacle of event. And, you know, a- after all the, the compliments and comments, you don't really think, oh, we're going to have to go into the heat of battle against these guys. And right. the, there was something where you're right, like the, the skibby go-ahead homer uh, in the bottom of the fourth and pool play, that, that was just like the release valve. And I think if that moment doesn't happen – all the other moments after won't or don't. Oh um, yeah, because then we're we're two and one. We just came off another crushing loss. It's yep. like, well, shit. Here we are again. Now we got to use somebody good and and round one of pool play and things things don't turn out the way they do. So right, like, yeah. So I think with the Ridley game to that was another release valve moment where it took the pressure off because everyone was so supremely confident in what. Reed could do with a dry ball, let alone a soaking wiffle <laughs> ball. Uh, and that's a story that has to be told where he very outwardly says, yes, I want it to freaking pour while I'm pitching. Yeah. And I think someone overheard one of their guys go up and you're like, did you hear that psychopath? He said he wants it to pour while he's pitching. And they all look at each other and nod in approval and go, he's a dog. <laughs> but he's- he did like he wanted it to pour. And to the point where, He's asking if we can fill up our league buckets with water so he can throw a wet ball because that's he just loved it that much. I'm like this this kid's something else. Yeah, not not only does he have that dog in him, he's also a Jedi. So <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, you probably put it together. I think a couple out, out of towners even noticed. Hey, he he looks like he looks like Kylo Ren. He's from Star Wars, <laughs> and uh, well. Take, go to the Circle City Wiffle Ball website, look up his player profile, and uh, you'll have a, a nice little uh, surprise there for you because that we've we've known that. And uh, I think the with the the appearance that he has, uh, also Kylo Ren, um, Adam Driver, he went to the same college that uh, Dudas and, and Reed and all these guys did. Yeah, he did. For a year. Yeah, for one year, crazy coincidence. Uh, so yeah. we we dubbed uh, the legend of of Kylo Rain uh, for Reed <laughs> Warner. So I'll, I'll be so doing lame. I'll be doing some kind of some kind of article about that, or I'll hype it up on Twitter or something like that. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, anything else that you would want to want to add to this whole championship run? I know it's probably easier to to harken back on it when the adrenaline's still fresh, like the day after, but. You know, again, being the host team, you just like have to breathe and decompress away from wiffle ball for a little bit. It was just sick. I, I hate that it almost felt like a relief more than like uh, than <laughs> anything. I was able to celebrate it a little bit afterwards, but it almost did. It was like, yes, thank God. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a blast, man. Defense, the defense was absurd. Yep. I don't, I don't think there was a single error um, all weekend. So everything came together. I mean, we just. We played perfect wiffle ball, in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree. And it, it was it was a blast for me to be able to watch it from you know the five or six times I was stretching in the bullpen, and <laughs> to be ready to go in. Was happy to serve my four innings in pool play and uh, yep. won a tournament. And you know, it, it's so cool. Like, yeah, you had your four batters, but every arm was able to contribute um, to pass the baton onto Reed and Will, who were lights out. Um, and yeah, they, they're, 
well, again, they are a huge reason, but everyone was able to contribute. And that, that leads to our point of like, of me asking the question of you, like, why is it that this championship is such a big deal for Circle City Wiffleball? Um, I made a, a pretty long post about it. Um, but for so long, like I said, when we started out with just the, that four-man team that we took out to freaking – where the hell were we? Somewhere in Ohio. We played Kalamazoo game one and lost 33 to nothing. Um, this all like just kind of sparked my intensity for it and like my um, drive to get people out to the league and to um, keep pushing to, you know, recruit some of my college teammates or you or speak or anybody, however they came to the league. This was all part of like, us just continuously pushing to grow this thing. So, um, and then it wasn't just like a, a single person effort. As soon as we kept bringing people in, um, they would jump on board and ask how they could help out. And um, from businesses to, you know, like speak or Dave Arland or uh, my parents for letting us play in the backyard. Oh, there's so many moving parts. And it always just kind of felt like uh, we're, I don't know what the purpose was. We're just doing this to, to have fun and to to hang out with each other but at the same time we really wanted to freaking win and I don't know if we wanted to admit that but coming in seventh place at nationals every year really pissed us off um so for this to happen this year and the and the 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 year that we're hosting it and it, it was just it was freaking awesome man I don't I don't know and I know there's probably a lot of people rolling their eyes at that right there but um it is just really freaking awesome and every Every person at the at the field today, or anybody that reaches out to say congrats, that's been involved, I've told them like you're you're part of this, like you're you're a champion too. And yeah, it's just a wiffle ball championship. But at the same time, it's um, something we've worked really hard for, um, and it's something that not many people get to get to call themselves. So um, this means a, a a ton to me, and it means a lot to to everybody involved. And I think anybody who has had a hand in building Circle City. Um, it is to credit for what for what happened that that last weekend. Yeah, it, that's you. That's it for me too. It's just the overarching community, and I I made note of it when we were taking the the championship pictures with the trophy and whatever. And you know, some guys were were being shy about jumping in on the photos. Like, no, you guys are in this too. Like the the fans yeah. that stuck around, the volunteers that were umpiring or, or taking pictures or helping with setup, whatever. Um, this isn't, this isn't an eight man roster. Like it is a community wide, uh, roster, whether that's an active or inactive roster, whatever you want to call it. Um, and honestly, it's that community element that, that drew me to the league. And this isn't maybe something that you and I've talked to about much, but it's like back in 2017, you know, I'm not one of the OGs, but, uh, I just hit you guys up on Twitter drove an hour from Anderson, Indiana to get to the south side of Indy to check it out. I'm like, whoa. I, at the time, I was 26, and, like, I used to run wiffle ball leagues in my backyard. This is something I would love to be a part of. Um, and then you also see just the element of, of family and, and a bunch of brothers that are hanging out right. on any given night or on the weekend. And, um, just the way that the surrounding Indianapolis community has invested and you and your family, you talk about the Speaks and, and Arlen's and, and people like that. But um, 
community is a big is a big pillar of my life and ccw is uh at the center of that too um, right. it's cool that it just matches values in that way so um we've got some announcements uh before we wrap up this this episode here in the next couple minutes first and foremost i'm going to do a quick shout out to all the umpires and volunteers that did show up as we talked about them uh by name uh, Cody House, Dalton Lewis, uh, Mitch Bias, Alex Gerchev taking some awesome photos. Uh, we had eight college guys that came down uh, and offered their time on a game off day to umpire for us. Dylan, Kenny, Noah, Alex, Jeremy, Jack, Brett, thank you so much. Um, I'll give a shout out to the NWA committee. Uh, thanks for working with us and, and getting this set up. Um, as with a, sh a shorter amount of time in between uh, tournaments, as we talked about. Uh, also, would you, uh, Brandon, do you want to give a shout out to our, our buddy Spencer from SWBL? Yes, absolutely. So, um, Bo got announced that this is his final tournament. This was his, and he decided about a month leading up to this. Um, and that's kind of a gut punch. Because, um, like, when you think about heading to the tournament, there's like a, a list of guys you're like, oh, I can't wait to see him, him, him. And Bogat always makes that list. So, um, Spence, congratulations. It's as, as silly as it is to say, congratulations on like that amazing tournament career. Um, you were loved, appreciated, and you will be missed. So thank you um, for giving it everything you had. Um, and we really appreciate you. Absolutely. And you now have a defensive play named after you. So that's your, your call. Oh, God. Uh, also give a slight shout out uh, in all seriousness to the Griffle ball guys getting a championship last year. We, we hear rumblings every about this time every year is like, Oh, is, is the team going to come back for another yeah. tournament? And we, we kind of were hearing more and more that like this was the actual last ride. Um, if that is the case, great tournament success uh, from you guys in the last uh, many years that you guys came to compete. Um, Absolutely. That's another like community wise you speak of, yeah. or um, like they bring a crowd. Um, they have a lot of supporters. It's a group of really good guys who have, and I mean, like I said, that was one of the first teams we played in that regional mm -hmm. um, and it was just four of them. So what they've built is incredible too. Um, and it's it's going to suck to not see a GBL at the tournament. I hope that the guys who are still capable of playing do try to put together something. Um, but if this is it, congratulations to them. Um, and thank you guys for for everything you've done for this for the sport in the tournament. I have a few more shout outs that I want to do. OK, um, uh, Newman, my goodness, the way I know it sometimes on social media gets spun into like an anti Rudy and Dudas thing or anti Indianapolis thing, but what he did this weekend stuck around streamed as many games as he could um, really just put a lot of effort into making sure people could watch the game. That's, that's freaking sick. Um, and I pulled him aside and told him like, that's what this tournament was built upon. That's the type of person this tournament was built on. Um, and we need, we need more people like that. Um, and then in that same boat, freaking Tom Gannon, um, I don't know if people saw him stick around to umpire games, but he sat there in the freaking rain um, and umpired games, took it seriously, gave it his all. It was it was really awesome to see. So Newman and Gannon, thank you. Um, and then Yish, the Yish, oh, my God, Yish guys. Um, they showed up to the championship game. 
there's a little lull in the rain, a little lull in the game, and they just started picking things up. They walked around the field, saw, you know, tried to find out what they could uh, pick up and just started helping. I didn't ask them. I was like, guys, stop. You don't have to do that. And they, they cussed me out and said, no, we're doing this. Thank you to Yes for doing that, uh, for helping us clean up. And there's a handful of other leagues and people. Um, if you know, if like if I'm saying this and you're like, yeah, I helped, like, yes, we're talking about you, um, who offered just positive thoughts or offered a hand in something or um, who went with the flow. If you did something as simple as go with the flow and not complain about things, like you're what this tournament is all about. And I guess the, the point of my tangent is – um, the, the tournament has kind of swayed in the direction of people asking, this is so, this is so like political people asking what the tournament can do for them. What does this tournament owe me? I show up, what's it going to give me? What, what's going to happen for me? Um, instead of like looking in the mirror and saying, what the hell can I do for the tournament this weekend? And I think Moomin showed up and Gannon showed up and they asked what the hell can I do for the tournament this weekend? And they did it and it made the tournament a better experience. Um, so I really hope that we can get more people like that moving forward because if there aren't, I don't see a way that the tournament survives. There has to be just more people. Yes. I know you're traveling that weekend. It's, it's tough. You might have a flight, but just figure out what the heck you can do that weekend to help out um, and go do it. And so if you're any one of those people, thank you so much. Um, it made it a, a little easier on us this weekend. And we we absolutely dropped your name in private private conversations and talked about what a you know what a blessing it was to have you around. All right. So with all that being said, and in light of uh, you seeing the future, you mentioned the future of the NWA tournament. I think we have something that uh, we want to add about that as well. We do. Okay. Take it away. Um. CCW will not be hosting in 2023. Um, I don't know where it will be, but I, we have decided just as an internal group that this is our last year. We've, um, you know, we gave it what we felt like it was our best and um, just want to kind of throw it back up in the air and, and let another willing and deserving league to take it on and do with the tournament what they see fit. Uh, and I think there's a lot of bright minds in the committee and around the country who still have a lot of energy left for this tournament and we want to pass the baton. So that's it for CCW two year run. Um, I wish it could have culminated in a finals at the dirt yard this year. It was unfortunate. Um, you know, regardless of what you've muttered about the dirt yard facility and your inner circles, um, we wanted it to happen and the, and the, the torrential downpour just didn't let it. So that's it for us. Um, we're going to pass it along. I don't, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, no, that, I agree. Uh, it is unfortunate that that walk-off home run from Will Smithy wasn't over the left field fence at the dirt yard. That would have been uh, even sweeter for all mm -hmm. of us city guys. Would have uh, been even sweeter for everybody but Sam Skibby, who absolutely would have ran through that wall to try to Oh, catch that. my gosh. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So maybe <laughs> less from, from a health insurance standpoint. Um, but, no, I think – hosting this tournament the last two years, it's been a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think uh, whether it's the, the online flack or the in-person flack, whatever we catch as a committee or host site, uh, it is what it is, but I wouldn't say that's the reason, like those are reasons why 
it's more geared for me towards the positive. Like you right. said, for the health and success of NWA tournament, this tournament needs to see different parts of the country. It needs to see different, different leagues, whether, whether that's, you know, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, uh, Michigan, Ohio, uh, Missouri, any of the States that, that ended up coming out, uh, to our tournament. Um, if they feel like they have the infrastructure and support in the way that we felt we did for these last two years with the community surrounding us, like we talked about, then I think it was, it is in the best interest of the NWA to try to make this a traveling host site. I don't think it was ever the intention for Indy to be the forever home. Um, and I, I think this is uh, a step in the right direction. Yes, we're tired. Um, yes, it does take a lot of manpower um, resources, money, whatever to, to host something like this. But uh, I am greatly looking forward to the opportunity to potentially travel somewhere else uh, to see uh, another successful NWA tournament. I agree. And, and like, I don't know, regardless of, I, I just, I don't want to ever be too negative, but we, we took, we took a lot of crap, you know, and we, if you, spoke about things like voices carry and and stuff like that so we we hear a lot of grumblings and it's really freaking hard like we poured our poured our guts into this poured everything we had into trying to put on a good tournament um and it's draining it's draining to um hear that it's not always appreciated and i guess we shouldn't assume that um everybody's going to appreciate it and have a great time so um i really like you said just kind of tired and and um ready to to pass this on and give somebody else a shot to put their own flair on it and um i hope that it ends up being way better than ours for the sake of the tournament because like a lot of people have mentioned this is one of the most special weekends of the year where we get to go hang out with other whifflers other people who have um kind of the same goal in mind and and people we don't get to see all the time so um i think this needs to survive and i i truly think there will be like three or four leagues at least um, lined up ready to take it on i hope that there is um and i hope that we can we can pick the best one and um it sees a lot of success wherever it is but um you know like you said it's just uh it's a it's a lot and i felt some of that joy get sapped out of it and that's kind of what i mentioned when the title kind of felt more like a relief than anything and then in the back of my mind i had to think oh god people are gonna what do they think about the host site winning this championship? Like regardless of how hard it was and what an improbable task it was to host and win it. What are people going to say about Brendan Dudas winning this championship now? And I hate that that had to be in the back of my mind, but it was. Um, and that's that. So I think we gave it our all did gave it our best effort. And I have, I don't think I have any regrets to be honest. No, no, no regrets whatsoever. Uh, it was a blast to do it. Um, I think you said it well ask not what the nwa tournament can do for you but what you can do for the tournament and uh, i can speak on both of our behalf saying that we are not going to get into uh the comparison game wherever the next tournament is god no yeah because we don't want people to feel the joy sapped from them to some degree where you know a host site can feel that way so um we, we just want to bask in the, the awesomeness of hanging out with so many whifflers from all over the country um, and seeing different parts, uh, seeing, seeing different ways that wiffle ball is done in different parts of, 
this country. So um, we're we're not going to be tempted to to play that game. So uh, no. You know, ask any, yourself, yeah, ask yourself what you're going to do for the tournament moving forward. Yeah. That's that's a shout out to all the leagues in NWLA. Yep, and I I think anybody who takes this on now knowing what it takes to host this like i don't i don't want to like put anything on your plate but i'm going to be really willing and eager to help them out in any way possible yes. and, yep. um, because that's the only way that it can survive and mm-hmm. you know we can't have people just put put the blame or the credit on two guys because it doesn't take two guys it takes an entire freaking village and and um, um I'm, I'm really looking forward to whoever takes it on traveling to their city visiting them helping them out in any way possible and and just the main focus is making sure this tournament continues to be a success i hope that rubs off on people too yeah amen to that yeah if like gannon and newman this this past weekend my god if 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 that energy can rub off on more people in the community we're going to be a like it's going to the game is going to grow and that's what we need because we're not getting younger man we got to start trying to figure out how to include these younger people. And um, if, if that's our goal, if it's to continue this tournament, regardless of whether or not we're playing in it, then we have to continue to, to work hard for the tournament. And like you said, not, not just show up asking what the tournament's going to do for us. Yeah. Well, I know that's, that's some uh, maybe uh, some somber news. Maybe it's some exciting news for what's to come uh, moving on <laughs> line for the NWA tournament, but we leave that news uh, in your hands to take it for uh, what you will. And uh, we hope that in the coming months, we do find out who the next host site will be for the NWA tournament. Um, thanks again for sticking with us throughout this recap of our experiences, both the championship team and the host uh, league. And we hope to see you at NWA next year, wherever that may be. For Brendan Dudas, I'm Rudy Lyon. Thanks for listening.